Way back in 2005, two brothers set off on a road trip that would save the world and change television. William and Harry. <laughs> no, not those brothers. Art thou certain? <laughs> Quite. For 15 seasons and 327 episodes, Supernatural took audiences on a wild ride of family, fate, and faith with a rocking soundtrack and a seriously cool car. But that was then, Bobbo, and this is now. And yes, the show has quote-unquote ended, but we're not quite done with the journey. No, we're not. And that's why we're watching it all over again, or for Rob and me, for the first time, diving deep into every episode of Supernatural with the fine folks who made it. And we're taking you along for the ride. Whether you like it or not. I'm Rob Benedict. I played Chuck Shirley, a.k.a. God. Uh, spoiler! Yeah, it is a bit of a spoiler, but hey, spoilers are fair game here. Ah, fine. And I'm Richard Spade Jr., and I played the Trickster, also known as the Archangel Gabriel. And I did a little bit of Loki work in there. Okay, you know we're running out of time. Okay, well, we'll be talking about the entire series, so whatever we say, accept it. You've been warned. So buckle up and settle in. Because this, my friend, is Supernatural, then and now. Hey, everybody. It's Rob Benedict. And I'm Richard Spate. And we're talking about Season 2, Episode 14. Born under a bad sign. Yeah, that's that's how you know the song the blues goes. Tune, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, the tune. Who does? Who doesn't? You, I think. This guy. He's <laughs> 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 seen thrown. Um, that's what it's called. Born under a bad sign. Robbie, break it down for us. Summarize it. Well, Sam's been missing for a week. When Dean finally what? connects. Seven, wait, you mean seven? Seven working days or five days like a work week? I think seven. It's a seven day work week for these guys. Okay. So a week, so week, seven days. Seven days as the moon goes. Okay. As the sun rises. Okay. When Dean finally connects with him, he's covered in blood. Doesn't remember well, who anything. Who is Dean? Dean's covered in blood? No. When Dean finally connects with Sam, Sam's covered in blood. He doesn't remember oh, anything. Well. And he's in a motel room in Twin Lakes, Iowa, which to me is a Tuesday night for Jared Padalecki. That's <laughs> good. Fair enough. Fair enough. The boys follow some clues and trace Sam's last location to a hunter's house. When the boys get there, they discover the hunter's dead body inside. Oh, no. Yeah. They watch a security video that shows Sam wrestling with the hunter, overpowering him, and then slitting his throat. Are we sure that hunter wasn't actually Ozzy Chow and it wasn't a green room in Italy? It it might have been. This is (laughs) a very, yeah, it's a very reality show here. Uh, I've seen this scene before. Yeah. Dean hypothesizes that it must have been a shapeshifter. Sam disagrees and says that Dean must kill him. Dean refuses and Sam knocks him out. This is all in the first 10 minutes, by the way, guys. Yeah, a lot going on. Sam tracks down Joe in Duluth, Minnesota. He starts to sexually assault her. She resists. Yeah, man, that was awkward to watch. It was really awkward and awful. Um, But he knocks her out. When she wakes up, she's tied to a pillar, and Sam starts to taunt her by saying that his dad put a bullet in her dad's head. Dean bursts in through the door, guns drawn just at their last moment. Sam begs Dean to shoot him. Dean throws holy water on him instead, and it reveals that a demon has been possessing Sam. Oh, man. So Demon Sam jumps out a window to escape. Dean pursues. Demon Sam ends up on a wharf, a dead end. Dean catches up with him and gets shot by Demon Sam. Dean's body falls in the water, and Demon Sam leaves, presuming Dean is dead. Now, you try to say that five times fast. (laughs) That's a a lot of Dean, baby. Demon (laughs) Sam leaves, presuming Dean is dead. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Demon Sam heads to Bobby's. By the way, when you say, you know what's really effed up too? Yeah. I'm listening to you say this. Demon Sam sounds a lot like Dean and Sam. So every yeah. time you're like, Demon Sam and Dean, 
I'm like, wait, how many Deans were there? <laughs> Dean and Sam followed Demon Sam. <laughs> <laughs> so Demon Sam heads to Bobby's, but Bobby's so smart. He's so street smart. He sees right yeah. through the ruse. He gets it. And uh, he tricks possessed Sam into drinking holy water. Bobby is then able to tie up Demon Sam under a devil's trap. Dean arrives, and Bobby has started an exorcism. It is revealed that Sam is possessed by the same black-eyed demon that had possessed Meg. Mm. So the ritual isn't working because Sam has a binding symbol uh, on his arm, and uh, Dean is about to be killed. Suddenly, Bobby burns the binding symbol off with a hot poker. Bobby burns the binding symbol? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Bobby and the binding symbol. Uh, This forces the demon out. So Bobby gives the boys amulets to protect them from future possessions. Sam is pissed Dean wouldn't kill him. Dean says he's going to save him, not kill him. Uh, Classic Dean. Classic Dean and unclassic Sam. Okay, Robbie, break it down. Give me your unfettered review of Born Under a Bad Sign. Take it, Robbie. I liked it. I, I Once again, season two keeps surprising me. I mean, this was not like your typical episode. We see... You know, obviously, we, we, it, t- it takes you a while to kind of get caught up, whereas in the past, I think some of the episodes, you're like, oh, okay, right, I know what this is going to be. This is Monster of the Week or whatever it is. But in this one, you're like, wait, what's going on? Who? What? Why is what? You know, and you're just trying to figure it out just in the same, right. at, at the same time that they're trying to figure it out. And it was just shocking to see Sweet Sam as this evil, evil guy. Like, we haven't seen that kind of scene before. Um, so I felt like it was shocking. It was really well done. I really love Bobby in this episode. He's, again, I don't know why I keep making these references, but I personally am also, as I'm binging this, I'm also binging Better Call Saul. And there are elements to this episode that remind me of Better Call Saul, just the way that it's shot. And uh, Bobby kind of reminds me of this one character in Better Call Saul that's uh, always really street smart and figuring things out. I also love the show Better Call Saul, but I will tell people who are listening that Rob compares everything these days to Better Call Saul. I was in my hotel room. He's like, that looks like a set from Better Call Saul. See, like, when you, you know? say that, you, you remind me of Better Call Saul. <laughs> you actually look like Saul right now. Um, anyway, so I really liked it. It's troubling to watch, but, uh, but, it was a, yeah. but it was a good episode. A lot, lot going on. I thought it was great. Uh, I loved seeing Alona Tall come back in. You know, every time I see her on the show, I'm like, man, they could have used that character more. A more. And, yeah. and the show would have benefited from it. She is, mm-hmm. the character is so three-dimensional. She's so good at that character. And her relationship, on-camera relationship with Jared and Jensen is so fleshed out and, and, and intricate and nuanced. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I love her coming into the show. And I think it elevated this show that they went to her and she became the uh, bait. You know what I mean? Like the way that Sam, yeah. and Sam, Demon Sam, being so aggressive and violent towards her really affected me. Obviously, it would do so with that character being violent to any female, but a female that we already know and love. And there are not a lot of females we know and love in Supernatural. You know what I mean? Yeah, so there haven't been a lot of them. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was a great use of of that character. And she just did a great job, as always. And that relationship is so cool. Yeah, and you know, you make a good point. I mean, you know, there, there aren't enough female characters on this show, but when there are, they are very strong and she's one of them. She's such a strong woman. So good. And, you know. And she's just such a good actress yeah, too. But you really believe her going through the fear, even though she's a really strong person who wouldn't, I, I would be scared of him. Yeah. Well, even with Dean not in the scene, you felt the tension between her and Dean. I mean, that's just yeah. great. Like, you could tell the way she played it. Yeah. Yeah. It so nuanced and well done. Right. Great writing in this episode. 
uh, great directing, which we'll talk more about this episode of our podcast. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead. Can I, I'm going to dive into the beard factor here. You ready? Hit me. Hit me. Uh, I also, just to say, and we're going to dive into this with our interview, but there's some nuanced cinematography going on here that's just outstanding. Yeah, like, outstanding. Not only was it well-written and well-acted uh, uh, by the gang, but, it, you know, first-time director uh, Miller Tobin did a great job. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go. This is, again, man, I'm getting I'm like a broken record here. I'm going yeah. full. I'm going Stapleton. I am. Yeah. I, just, I just feel like season two is just knocking it out of the park. Time yeah. and time again. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, um, I agree. How about how great was it at the end too when Dean hit Sam just, uh, just for the hell of it? Just like after great everything, you, I owe you a punch. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it the full Kenny Loggins. Although I will just, I will add, it'd be like maybe one of Kenny Loggins' like slow ballads where it's like such a great song, but you don't necessarily want to go back and listen to it again right away. So are you saying this is like Kenny Loggins in the 80s, like the 1980s Loggins beard? Because his 70s beard, like when he was doing Loggins Messina, that's sure. like the, the picture that it is floating online to represent your beard. Uh, sure, sure, big, sure. Bushy. Sure, an 80s Loggins, an 80s Loggins, although 80s Loggins yeah, Danger was, Zone. Look, yeah, danger, danger, zone Loggins. danger Zone Loggins was top-notch, top number one in the— I thought, yeah. Well, you're, you're giving this no, a good and review. And this is a top-notch episode. It right. just the subject matter was troubling enough that I don't know if I'm I'm not a big fan of the sexual assault business. So like I don't know no, if I can go I, back and wash it again, right? So right. That being said, yeah, it's a logs. It's given an '80s logs. We'll give it an '80s logs. I'm just saying because like, the '80s is one of those fashion areas where like, oh, it was fun, it was cool, ain't going back. You right, know what right. I mean? like, sure, so sure. sure. That. I, I think that's 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 all right. So you heard it here first. Uh, Robbie gives it uh, 1980s Kenny Loggins, and I give it a full Stapleton. By the way, the day Chris Stapleton shaves his beard, my entire review system comes crashing. Well, to the ground, yeah. So. Uh, Chris Stapleton, if you're listening, and I bet you are, keep that beard big and bushy, buddy. It's a good thing Kenny, older Kenny Loggins, I think, has it just sort of weaved in at this point. So it's not going anywhere. Mr. Loggins, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, I apologize for that <laughs> indictment of your current beard. So Jay, Jay Miller Tobin directed four episodes of Supernatural. This was his first one here in season two. Uh, other TV credits include Numbers, Terminator, The Sarah Holy Connor crap. Chronicles. Say that five times fast. I mean, I actually I, say it one time correctly. I, <laughs> I got through Demon Sam. The whole thing, and now I, the Terminator <laughs> screws me up. Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Gossip Girl, The Vampire Diaries, and Revenge. Let's not forget he directed a short-lived CBS series called The Agency, which is how I know him. Yes, he certainly did, and and now we've got him in person. Bring him on. Okay, so Miller, we're talking about Supernatural. Yes, we are. And it's such a pleasure having you on. So you ended up directing four episodes? Four. Yep. This was the first of four that I did. And I, it's, I was, loved doing the show. I mean, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. I watched every single episode from, you know, 101 to the end of the season. I was just a huge fan. Loved doing the show. Loved, you know, watching the show. Uh, but when we moved to Atlanta uh, and I was produced, started producing directing, you know, traveling to Vancouver became much more challenging. And I kind of took myself out of the running at that point. Right. Um, which is as far as I'm concerned, I don't know what, you know, Kripke and the rest of those guys would say or Singer, but they, you know, but I took I felt like that was why I stopped doing the show. I mean, sure. I, I just stopped putting myself up for it and and saying, you know, I can't from Atlanta. Vancouver's the one city that I can't travel too easily. And I come home almost every weekend when I'm working to see my yeah. family and spend time sure. with my family. 
But again, I love doing the show. I'm again, like I said, massive fan. Watch yeah. every single episode, top to bottom. And so your yes. last one was at the beginning of season four. Was that your last? Well, I did season two. I did season three, season four, and season five. I did one each season. So hey, that look was, at that. Uh, all right. And they were all very interesting shows. I mean, Born we'll talk about now. Um, uh-huh. The next one I did was a very supernatural Christmas, which I kind of loved. Do you remember one. that yeah. show? It was just insane, just completely insane. Um, and a blast, and then Heaven and Hell, which are and Free to Be You and Me, both of which were big sort of you know lore yeah. shows. Actually, yeah. Born, actually, Born is a is a lore show too because it, it it's about the two brothers. So yeah, yeah, right. So our our paths crossed, I'm sure, at, at that point. And now, how did you how did you get the job this episode? Did it how did it come your way? You know, I think it was probably because I had been working with the CW. I was an assistant director in New York for almost 20 years, 18 years. Um, And I started working with Tom Fontana, who had done uh, Homicide and Oz. I was the AD on Oz for five seasons, four seasons, was pushing hard. got to a point in my career where I was either going to go into producing and production managing or into directing and decided I really wanted to stay on set and keep working and, and, and took a shot, made a short. Tom finally, after three years of asking, gave me an episode turned around and gave me another episode, but you know, and Oz was pretty hot at that point. It was the very first HBO show. So it was, you know, it was, it was kind of a thing. Wow. Then it was nine 11 and I decided to go out to LA because New York was just a mess at that point. I had luckily signed with an agent, a really wonderful agent um, and started doing CBS shows and kind of segued into doing CW shows. And I think I got on the CW roster and I started doing all of the CW shows for a while. Melrose, you know, uh, 90210, Supernatural, Vampire. I mean, all of them I was doing, you know, I was just on their, on their ticket. Um, and that's probably, I don't really remember because it's been a while, but that's probably where it came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. do remember because it was the first time I had traveled out of town. It was the first time I got to get on a plane and go do oh, a Oh, is job. that right? <laughs> yeah, to fly to Vancouver. Now, now wow. you can't not get on a plane and go do a job. Get, little did exactly. you know, that would be yeah, that's exactly. yeah. The rarity is actually working in L.A. Mm. So you're going from, here's a question, because Oz is its own animal, like kind of a, I mean, a really cool place to cut your teeth. Yeah. But then you go to the CW, which is not Oz. I no. mean, you know, it's it's not the same edge. It's funny, you kind of answered my question with your explanation, because, you know, I know you from the agency where we right. worked together. Um, which was which a huge pers- break for me, too, because that, that happened when I moved to L.A., and I, I did one episode for them, and then uh, Sean Cassidy turned around and hired me for four episodes the next season. So yeah. that was like, that that like solidified me. In, in oh working, well, you in were you were great director, which by the way I know as an actor, but I also know from watching your work. You watch this episode specifically, "Born Under a Bad Sign," and I can see your Oz background in that uh, show because uh, it's so different than everything we've seen up up until this point, style wise. Oh, really? The, okay. The cut, the cut style, the the sort of the, the the movement of it all. The I mean, you go look at that opening sequence of Dean on the phone. Well, that's yeah, exactly. Like that whole thing is different. Well, it was interesting. I mean, it's funny because I watched the show and I was kind of looking back and thinking about all this. And and let's, we could talk. You want to talk about the opening sequence? I mean, that's yeah, let's do it. it. Yeah, all right, yeah. So so this is a, this was kind of a, an unusual episode in the sense that you know it's not monster of the week. I mean, there is you know there's obviously thing, but you know. Supernatural is broken down into the sort of the lore episodes and then the, the case episodes. And this is somewhere, almost somewhere in between in the sense that, you know, the brothers have been just, you know, cheek by jowl the entire season. And then all of a sudden you start the show and they've been apart and nobody knows what's happened. So it's a mystery, essentially. And what we wanted to do starting the show was just dig into Dean's sense of panic. Like he can't find Sam. Sam's been missing for a week. It's like, it, this is totally fucked up. So we we use and again I credit Anthony Pinker who's a brilliant editor and did tons of these episodes tons of the shows tons of supernaturals you know we we talked about this how to make it un, unsettled so the jump cuts 
the rapid cutting, the you know, the bouncing back and forth, that was just laid right into the idea that we wanted to have that sense of panic from Dean that, you know, that it was a crisis. There was something really, you know, really heavy going on. And, and Dean was really concerned, you know, and that cuts against sort of Sam, who's in the hotel room by himself. And there's these slow reveals of the bloody hand and, you know, all that. So, again, kind of a yeah. counterpoint. All that stuff is done so well, though, like the, the it's also on purpose. I mean, mm-hmm. even the way that that opening sequence goes, the camera starts not aimed at anything that we recognize. Right. There's there's water on the lens. Like it's just it's and I loved it. It just felt well, like felt like we were watching like a 1970s cop drama. Yeah, right, exactly, just, you know, exactly. like, once again, it's raining in Vancouver. Well, it's so funny because that was the first. So, so this episode, the shooting schedule spanned over the Christmas break. And there are two things I remember about that happening, which is the the night before we went on break, the AD scheduled like two scenes or three scenes like that Friday. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? I mean, we got, I'm going to, you're just making the rest of these days harder. He goes, trust me, we're not going to work much that Friday. And lo and behold, he was right. Because the crew, everybody started partying right around <laughs> lunchtime. Yeah. About three or four hours after lunch, nothing was getting done. It was all over. <laughs> it just became a celebration. It became a Christmas party. And if you watch the scene where they find the knife in the VW, in the in the backseat of the car, that's the, scene yeah. that, the last scene that we shot. Those boys were hanging on by a thread at that point. They were <laughs> so, and then coming back after break, Everybody was so happy. It was so cool. We were at the studio. And then we went out to shoot that thing. It was pissing ice cold rain. Wow. And that, you know, that glad to be back moment lasted about 35 seconds before. <laughs> it was like, oh, put your hood up and go to work. Oh, God damn oh, it. You know? man. I kind of feel, though, that that uh, I know that Vancouver is Vancouver. And so Vancouver is like the biggest character in all of these shows because yes, of the weather. <laughs> but I but I feel like it worked really well for that. Like, it, you, I almost feel like you could have. You could have been brought in rain trucks and made it rain for that moment. It just had it had that yeah, it did. Sort yeah. of yeah, gritty absolutely. feel of like, oh shit. You know, isolation yeah. and weirdness and yeah, just yeah, just, yeah all of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You did some cool reveals too on this whole in this whole episode. You used some cool reveals on things, details like Sam's knuckles. Like right. you there were there was ways that we discovered details in this episode that were unique to your style or or your style that you chose for this episode. Another one that stood out to me was the Alona Tall pulling the bullet out of Dean's arm. You right. come across all this all stuff, that stuff, shot glass, blink, blink. Yeah. Like it yeah. just it tells Great. so yeah. much story. I mean, well, that's it. I mean, that's that's storytelling through the visual well, visual storytelling. I mean, that's the image. I mean, you know, rather than being so literal about it, maybe you can come up yes. with some idea where you're feeding. It's basically you're telling the audience, right? You're you're feeding them information through what you're showing them. So yeah. if you can if you can tell all that story with just, you know, a few images or just this little slide reveal or, you know, and it, even right. if it's not explained at the moment, like we see the brand very briefly at the bar, right? right? Sam's right. brand. And we don't know yep. what it is at that point. It's just something, right. it, I mean, you know, longtime fans will go, oh, that's fucked up. Okay. We know that that's, that's up to something, but right. we never, we don't explain it until, you know, the, the end of the show, really. When Yeah. The, it's, uh, it you know, it's great. And, and they don't always do that on the show. And it's, 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 it gives the audience more credit for being smart enough to, to catch up with you. I'm watching uh, Better Call Saul right now for the first yeah. time, and they do a lot of that. And I yeah. always think it's really genius. You know, the, the episode will start, and you're not quite sure what you're even looking at. Right. You know what I mean? Whether it's like a close-up of popcorn falling in a popcorn maker <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? And then they, then, right. then it becomes clear. Right. Um, well, this was also an interesting show because it was. Um, it's basically. I mean, there's almost no cast. I think there are like six cast members, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's right. basically, you know, Sam, Dean, oh, you know, uh, Joe. Joe. 
and then uh, Bobby, Bobby, and then a couple of one day players. Right. That's it. So it's the show structurally, the show is kind of unusual also because it's, it's very few scenes. I looked that up. Actually, it's like 35 scenes. Oh, wow. So, and it's all these two handers, right? So you've got these long, very long scenes, which always scares me a little bit. Cause like, as Richard knows, as an actor and a director, sustaining those, sustaining long scenes is challenging visually and, and emotionally both. I mean, the, yeah. the longer the scene goes, the harder you have to work to keep it, keep it alive. Yeah. yeah. Especially like depending on the, if, you know, if they put you in a hotel room, right. Exactly. Like, you know, like, it, like it's like, you're not walking through the library, reshelling. Right. Books. You're not, you're, you, know, you can't you're not. keep it. Like my always, my go-to, I would say is yeah, I, if I can put people in motion, I'll always right. do it. Whether it's a walk and talk or moving or dancing, dosing, anything that, that if you can move people around a room, then that just helps keep the energy up. It keeps, keeps people engaged. This was right. challenging because again, you have these very long scenes the hotel room, um, again, Sam and Joe in the bar, the scene with, you know, uh, at the end with the demon and, and the three of them. Right. Um, you know, there's in the bar, uh, you know, the uh, even the uh, the hunter's house. That's a very those are all two handers, right? They're long two handers. Right. Yeah. And so it was it was tricky. But but the flip side of that is each of those each of those sequences digs into kind of a, a long emotional beat. Like the first one in the hotel room is, you know, where have you been? What the f- is going on? The second right. one is, did you actually kill this guy? Or, you know, are you, are you really, am I going to have to kill you? You know, on Dean's right. side. I mean, they're, they're big emotional arcs in each of those scenes. So they could, they sustain, but you know, it's, it's always tougher as opposed to a page and a half scene that has an in and out and you get a piece of information and you move on. I mean, these were right. long kind of drawn out scenes. I personally love uh, the emotions of those scenes. I love directing. I love digging into that with the actors. Again, if you're working with people like any member of the cast of Supernatural, then it's a joy. You know, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Like driving a race car. I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of talent on that screen. Yeah. We'll be right back. Thanks for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. So you had it, it. leads me to a scene that you had that was disturbing and unique up to this point, Benedict. Unless I'm missing something, it was the first time I noticed a sexually threatening scene in, in, yeah. the, in the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was deliberate. With, I mean, that was you know, I, I can't remember. We must have talked about it because I don't. I don't think I would have brought that to the party unprompted. And with Sam, no less, who's like you well, know, that's it, the that's, nice guy of the it. show. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole joke of this episode was is is the eventually the reveal of the of the of the possession. And again, you know, Jared does a brilliant job of letting the demon trickle through. And we did have long talks about what that meant. I mean, he had to play it completely straight. You know, pure Sam. Uh, you know, up until those moments where we start to see it shift, and it shifts it for the first time we see it shift is in the bar, right? I mean, I think that's or actually when he hits Dean and walks out, we see it in his eyes. Yeah, for for a brief second. And then he goes to the bar and we still, again, I think the audience should not be clear at that point about whether he's, whether something's really wrong with Sam or whether this is the prophecy that his dad, you know, the fulfillment of that prophecy that he has a dark side that has to be dealt with. Right. But the sexual violence of that scene, I think was a big tip. I mean, it's also what we like, you know, that's where we start to reveal that something's really wrong. We see the brand, you know, Sam's acting in a very weird way. We see that shift in his face and then it's a completely different guy. Right. I mean, yeah. He's, cocky and sassy and mean and, you know, snarling and as opposed to, you know, our usual Sam. 
Um, and so that, again, all of that stuff was fun to play with and to find that, that those little, those little triggers, those little tips, you know, for the audience and try to tell them what's going on. What were the conversations like with Jared in terms of bringing that out? Cause we'd never seen that, that side of him. Again, it was really just a, a, a matter of discussing what the expectations were. You know, I mean, like this is, we have to play this straight. We have to play this as, you know, and again, these, these guys bring almost everything to the plate. There's, not, there's yeah. you know, there's, there's, it's not a lot of, of, uh, you know, we need to go down this road. You just have to say, this is where we're headed. And they like, they take off. You just, then you're just hanging on and trying to keep up with them. Right. You know? Right. Right. Uh, now, what about the pregame conversation with Alona? Because obviously that's such an intense scene for, you know, like do, do, we're all friends. They're all professionals. I yeah. get it. But you got six foot four Sam throwing her around in a bar, and it's not a it's not an avenue that show goes down often. No, um, not at all. Like I I was I mean I've seen a lot of Supernatural and have been involved, and I was like, whoa, you know, it definitely was a dark turn in in a very effective from, way. By the from way, from a beloved right? character. Yeah, yeah. Alone is also not like girl he picked up in bar like it's a character we know well exactly and the, and she says in the scene you know we didn't exactly part on good terms last time so we have that backstory of of the reveal of john being responsible for her dad's death and her you know the high emotion of that and that was like five or six episodes earlier i mean again i, I give i give the writers credit they didn't go back and explain all of that necessarily like they have they sort of assume that the audience is is up it, to date it, it is in the so blanks. great yeah it's so great i mean i can tell you as we all are working in this industry, there's a lot of temptation to go. Last time you wrote last, last time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Explain every second yeah. of last yeah. time. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, he goes on and he tells the story, so you get the information, but you don't get it. You know, and if you haven't watched the episode, you still get the information, but it's not. They don't. They start out assuming that you know what's going on with these characters, mm-hmm. and, then, and a lot. And again, again, Joe's somebody that we've come to know and love. I mean, she was a badass in the last time we saw her. I mean, she, you know, she, yeah, you know, she functioned as a as a true hunter and sort of showed her colors. And so, you know, you know, going in that she's not just some, you know, some bar, you know, bartender that's this yeah. alone in the bar by herself. That she's got some chops. So again, there's there's some there's some good energy that comes out of that. Again, I don't think that the the, the 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 sexual violence of that scene would have been. It must have either been on the page or discussed in uh, in tone, because I again, that, that's that as you said, Richard, that's not something that supernatural usually goes towards. Right. Um, so the the threat of that, I think the idea was to really reveal the demon at that point and how threatening and how how dangerous he was. You she know, was it occurs to me that right. I feel like that's probably, although a challenging scene to do for any actress and actor. To, and director to be sure that it's it gets where it needs to go, but it does so without violating the humanity of the people doing the the acting of the scene. Right. It's probably handy that those two knew each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, things have changed very, very dramatically in the last 15 years in terms of how those scenes are handled on set. I mean, hmm. then we just worked it out amongst ourselves, you know, sure. between the two actors. And again, as you said, they know each other. They trusted each other. I was there. You know, we, we had that opportunity. Nowadays, it would have been a much more discussed in super intimacy problem. coordinator, yeah, and intimacy coordinator yeah. all of that which is you yeah. know which is, is is understandable that happened to me to my mind that's a violent scene as opposed to a, a, a very much so. sexual scene. oh no it's no. Violent, yeah yeah so at that point it's really more about stunt coordinating as far as i'm concerned although yeah. there is that that element of sexual danger to it or you know sexual violence to it it really had to do it was really more about coordinating about fight coordination you know yeah. which yeah. of which there's a lot on supernatural as you might have absolutely noticed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is so th- when this was made, it's funny, people always ask Rich and I, like, did you watch the show before you were on it? 
And at that time, it would have had to be like for me, I might have just set my TiVo, you know what I mean, yeah, and right, watched yeah, a few exactly. episodes. Um, do you remember like there's a lot of you know stuff you're dealing with here that 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 had been established you know earlier? How did you do your homework? Uh, well, I'm a, almost every show I watch, I go in and I watch. And luckily, in this case, it was what uh, it was the middle of the second season, so I watched right. all the episodes. Oh, and I cool. don't know that I had started to watch it before then. I'm, I'm sure I was aware of the show, but again, I, I probably watched all of the first season and then watched whatever was available of the second season. And I always ask for editor, you know, for cuts in progress, and then I read scripts. So you have, I mean, especially a show like Supernatural, you have to be completely caught up. Yeah, uh, in terms of story and lore and background and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's a show that I love, so it wasn't painful. It was a pleasure. You know, I get to stay home and do my homework and watch TV. I mean, that's, you know, what more can I <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, still, I don't think people realize the amount of work for directors that goes into oh, yeah. you know, prepping, especially on your first episode. Well, it's also interesting. I mean, it's, it's it, I, I distinctly remember, because this is maybe a, a crass generalization, but but this, I think the sense was a lot of the first season, they hadn't quite figured it all out. And it was being, you know, being figured out in the, the beginning of the second season. So I kind of went into it feeling like I've got nothing to lose. I mean, uh, there's a v- pretty good chance that I'm not going to get asked back. Right. I mean, you know, right. like th- th- not many people are coming back. I'm probably going to be on that list. Why not just have, you know, just do the best I can. And luckily it worked. Luckily, it, you know, it came together. That's amazing. Oh, great. Here's a question for you. This, I don't know if you'll remember. Because it's a weird detail, but that last punch at the end where Dean punches Sam when they come to oh, yeah. like, did I miss anything? Was that scripted or was that Ackles yeah, just that saying scripted. I'm it was gonna punch? It was scripted. Because it could very well just been yeah, Jensen yeah. adding a beat. <laughs> well, of course, you know, it was a perfect Sam Dean moment, you know, or Jerry yeah. Jensen moment, depending on how yeah. you look at it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, guys, I, I, I love work, that beat. Those guys work so hard. They work so yeah. incredibly hard. You know, they yeah. both of, you know, that scene where Sam is is beating the shit out of, of, of Dean. You know, we were doing that and we were stopping and putting blood on his face between punches so there would be some continuity to it. You know, but Jensen had to stay in it. He had to stay, you know, stay there and we'd have to pause and they'd add blood and then go back into it and do like two more lines and then pause and put more, you know, it was like, it was, so I give them a lot of credit. They really, they, again, they work really hard on that show. A lot of uh, yeah, time, a lot of, a lot of work time, you know. That's yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. yeah. And it, it paid off, you know, made it good, a good show. Well, we thank you so much for, for joining us today and, uh, Heard a lot about you, and uh, I'm glad you went on to do other things, but uh, Supernatural would have been benefited from keeping you on board. Yeah, well, again, I I, I, I love doing the show. I missed, uh, you know, I, every time I go to Vancouver, I, I try to get over there, but it's it's just always too crazy. I mean, no, no, I'm not now anymore, but... Yeah. But don't go now. Don't go now, say. yeah. It's, it's very depressing at this point. Hello, very guys, depressing. guys. Yeah. Uh, hello, hello. Well, you, you also, uh, this is not the last time we're going to see you because Chris's episode is epic. You got to come back on oh and talk God. to us again. Okay? Please do. Yeah, that's that's a fun one to talk about for sure. You know, yeah, so again, we'll, we'll have you back know, on. Every, every, every one of these shows has their own, you know, their backstories. I mean, you know, laying, laying Jer- uh, Jensen into the water. I mean, it was fucking freezing cold. I mean, you know, those, I love those production stories. I love all that stuff. Oh, great. We love yeah, hearing. That's sure. what this is about. So yeah, please come back. Please. Thank you. Great to see you again, buddy. Likewise, man. This is Jared Padalecki stopping in to say hi and let you know that we've got to take a quick break. Thank you for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. Wow, he was great. What a great interview. So I have a question for you, Robbie, because sometimes you 
when we t- do these interviews, you say, wow, Rich, you, it really gets technical when these technical people come on. Do you still, it's still fascinating, right? Like I, I'm not getting too nerdy with these guys. Cause I think Miller, like hearing his approach to directing all this stuff to me, is just fascinating. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I never said it wasn't fascinating to me. I love how into it you get, but yeah, no, this was, this was great too, because Miller, he's just a guy, he's just a, he's just, he feels like a guy our age that's been in the business for as long as, you know, we have. And, you know, he's has such great stories and, and wants to tell them. Yeah, it's just fun to hear the stories. And he's telling that it, that's exactly what this podcast is about, right? That's what we want to hear. Like, you know what I mean? What what was it like? I love hearing that the 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 crew and the guys were partying the day before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And so that. they're kind of smashed with that with that one. See, I love that kind of thing, you know. I, I like his his I think his descriptive word, but they were hanging on by a thread. <laughs> yeah. 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 Barely <laughs> yeah, hanging so. on. Yeah, which we get. I just Miller was a great interview, and so it was. That was fascinating, and yeah. I, I was impressed by how how uh, detailed his recollection of the experience was, given that it was so many years ago. Oh, it's great. Uh, we got to have him back for sure. We will. So it's time for mythology. 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 In courts of law, generally, amnesia is not a defense to a crime. Your Honor, I object. <laughs> I don't remember doing it. Amnesia has a variety of causes, including dementia, when your brain starts to deteriorate due to old age. Due to what? Old age. Huh. What's, your, right. what's, your, what's the joke here? What, what am I missing? <laughs> I have dementia. I'm doing a guy who has dementia. Oh, uh, I thought it was a joke on me. I thought for sure that was going to be a joke on me because I'm the <laughs> demented one. All right. Anoxia, um, when there's a depletion of oxygen to the brain, which I'm always telling you you're being anoxious. <laughs> now, what happens to there? So, like, if you're if you're underwater too long or you're playing in a plastic cleaner's bag or something? Yeah, that's exactly it. You're a doctor. You get it. <laughs> uh, you know what? If you, you can spray paint and do damage to your college campus or you could do damage to the hippocampus <laughs> where the hippos go to college. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Amnesia also is, uh, is caused sometimes by damage to the hippocampus. <laughs> and the hippocampus is the part of the brain responsible for forming, organizing, and retrieving memories. So, or it's a really, 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 really like cool Irish campus. <laughs> Hippocampus? Hip Ocampus. Hippocampus. You you obviously don't have a hippocampus because you remember you don't have any feelings. You never remember memories. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, head injuries, these can be from a stroke, tumors, or infection. Uh, or of course, and this is how we know it, from alcohol use. I resent that being on this list. <laughs> I do luckily, <laughs> luckily, I'll forget it was there. Uh, exactly. As we plow forward. How many stories of ours begin with, well, Rob was drunk, so he doesn't remember, but... <laughs> but we um, were on the hippocampus. But uh, ironically, demonic possession generally isn't listed as a cause for amnesia. Ah, you would think, after all these years. I know. If you're going to put alcohol, at least put demonic possession. Yeah, man. Come on. At least. Hey, guys, you ready for some trivia fun facts? Fun facts! Fun facts! Dean's mobile phone account is under the pseudonym Jack Mahogoff, which is used in practical joke <laughs> wordplay as a way to get someone to say Jack me off. Jack me off. Jack Mahogoff. It sounds like Jack Mahogoff. Like, like it doesn't sound like Jack me offer or Jack me off. It right. sounds like Jack Mahogoff. Yeah. Well, first of all, we can we use any of this? I feel like this is the dirtiest conversation we've ever had. Well, try it. Go for it. Let's see. We can always, always just let's just try to talk this about it. This is the kind of crazy hijinks that happen on the hippocampus. 
All the hippos. <laughs> so this is so Jack Mahogov, it just it sounds like you're getting someone to say that they've got a pig, like they're masturbating their pig. <laughs> wow. He's <laughs> really a nosedive. This is day two of you taking something dirty and just kamikazing it into the dirtiest thing ever. Like this where we we're <laughs> hovering into like raunchy and then it's like wow am i wrong Uh, i'm not wrong at the beginning of the episode sam has checked into the motel under the name richie sambora i think he said richard i want to say richard sambora yeah yeah which is the name of the lead guitarist of bon jovi indeed the name of the episode is a reference to a blues song of the same name that robin addict is not familiar with you were you were singing a blues song at the beginning of this episode oh Ironically, I was singing the song Born Under a Bad Sign, which was recorded in 1967 by Albert King. There you go. And the bar in the episode is just a redress of the Harvell's Roadhouse standing set. So wait, the bar, the bar, the other bar, not the, the Harvell's. The Duluth, Minnesota bar. So they're, because they they're also. Figured. Wow. All yeah, right. Cool. I, I didn't know, I, I, one thing in that sentence, I didn't know Harvell's was a standing set at that point. I didn't know they left it. Like, yeah, they uh, really went for it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, this is another good one. I'm really, I'm really just continually impressed with season two. It's uh, so good. So yeah. good. A, a great episode. Great episode of this podcast. Uh, you know, great interview with Miller and just a solid uh, all around. Everybody wins uh, experience here with episode two fourteen. One hundred percent. Hey, this episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester, Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars included Jim Beaver, Alona Tall, and Vince Murdaco. Born Under a Bad Sign was written by Katherine Humphreys and directed by Jay Miller Tobin. Edited by David Ekstrom and Anthony Pinker. Music by Christopher Lennertz. Supernatural is executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The episode featured the following songs, Crystal Ship by The Doors, Ashes to Ashes by Tarbucks Ramblers, and Back on the Road Again by Ario Speedwagon. Interesting that the song that is not there is Born Under a Bad Sign by yeah. Albert King. Yeah, you'd no think. Figure. The episode originally aired on February 8th, 2007. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spate Jr. and Rob Benedict. Produced by Stephen Hine, written by Stephen Hine and Heide Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booty. What booty? Music provided by Tim Wynn. This episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuel Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at SBN Then and Now. And join our Patreon at patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Awesome. <laughs> if one didn't know better, we, you'd think that you text him before and be like, hey, do me a favor. At some point... But hey, you're one who really loves to get people to say dirty things. You have me say things like that all the time. That's true. What was the 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 one you had me do to checking into the hotel? It was under the pseudonym. You told me that it was under a fake name. So we checked into the hotel under fake names, and my name was Haywood Jablomi. <laughs> but Jablomi was spelled D apostrophe J A B L O W M E. So I said to the woman. Hey, my name's under the last name is Dejaublom. Dejaublomi. Jablom. Jablom. That's the last name is Jablom. Oh my God, that's so funny. We were in San Diego. Anyway, good times. 
maybe cut. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> and your yes. last one was at the beginning of season four. Was that your last? Yeah, I'd have to look exactly. I did. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I did again. I think I did. Did I do two? We should know because we're the yeah. podcast host, but we don't. Did we just revealed ourselves as not having done all the research? <laughs> no, of course. Um, we may or may not well, be Robin. Well, it's been a Rich. minute, you know. Let's see. Here we go. I did. Story Mill Media. 